And a rich shot. Save me. The rebound. Score. Nyquist. Find the loose chain. Trapped to the end boards. The whistle and the horn sounds. And surviving and getting a crucial two points. To the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys, Friday, January 19th, presented by our friends at Boston Hemp Inc., Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Friday NHL card. And a great comment to lead us off as we had a nice, different little introduction here, a little Nashville Predators-centric intro, courtesy of Alex with his huge best bet, his biggest single bet of the NHL season coming through uh, last night with the uh, Nashville Predators and their victory against the LA Kings. But a great comment there from Ice X. I'm so confused on what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> we're a little confused too. You've got that unique intro. We're doing something a little different with that. Uh, the outro briefly gets hit right after that, Roland, and uh, accidentally. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confused too right now uh, a little bit after uh, that last uh, little bit. But, uh, Alex, we'll start there, obviously, with the recap. Let's start right there since uh, – uh, we led off with that special intro, uh, documenting a, uh, a thrilling victory for the Nashville Predators, and in particular, a thrilling victory for you with the Predators in that spot, something you had circled for days, if not a full week, talking about it day in, day out with me, I know, about what a great situation that would be for Nashville last night. It wasn't easy, and you know in these big bets, sometimes, a lot of times they're not easy. You'd love to have these best bets and these big-ass bets, these uh, bigger wagers you'll place where it's nice and easy and it's a rocking chair and it's a 5-1 type of game, but it often doesn't play out that way. And it didn't last night as it was a nail-biter and a heart attack waiting to happen uh, right until the end. And uh, Roman Yossi, a guy you're going to have to send a Christmas card to uh, in December this year for an outstanding play to whack that puck out of midair when it looks looked like it was going to be going in to tie the game because I don't think Soros was going to get to it. What an incredible play by Riosi to preserve that 2-1 win for Nashville. So congratulations, Alex, on a big win there. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe uh, next time the Preds are in town, I'll have uh, a gift basket sent to the St. Paul Hotel for Roman Yossi because he was huge in that. Same thing with UC Soros and that whole Nashville Predators team, just a, a great collective effort. And like you said, Ian, I've been bugging you and mentioning this thing every day for about eight days now. I even talked about it three or four times during the, the bet cast on Tuesday. Uh, any, anybody that's been in my inner circle pretty much knows that I've been hammering this play. And it, and it started all by us talking about the losing streak with the LA Kings and looking at this road trip and just kind of looking at where everything was landing and how they had to kind of, you know, cross back and forth through all these time zones. They had the day game on Martin Luther King. Then they go to Dallas on Tuesday. They finally break the losing streak on that Monday game. And that's really what was the catalyst for what set up this whole thing. You had 
the Dallas game, and they end up losing that. They come home and only have one day off but playing against a rested Nashville team. Wasn't really happy about the way that they played in their last game against Vegas, but having a couple of days off, and now you're going to play a team where you'd beaten them 11 of the last 14 times and a team that's been awful at home. And right now, they have now lost 13 of their last 20 games uh, this season, the LA Kings at Crypto.com Arena. So all the spots lined up, and then we got the price opening at $1.40, closing around plus 120. So you still got some decent plus value with it. And uh, UC Soros coming up big with the big saves. Gustav Nyquist getting the game winner. Uh, didn't get it, Luke Evangelista. That would have made it an absolute perfect winner. If we had Evangelista on the empty netter uh, with that plus 500 bargain bin on top of it, that would have been uh, the cherry on top. Most definitely, but hey, we're still happy with it. Nashville two one and the uh, biggest bet that I've made in the NHL in the last four years comes through. Yeah, no doubt. And two uh, one Nashville gets the win, and that's now one and ten in the last eleven for the uh, LA Kings. So it's just been a dreadful uh, run for them. And uh, you know, it's uh, it is concerning, but they've had a hellacious schedule. Uh, and you know, tough teams, long road trip, and that first game home is dreadful. Now, if this losing streak continues three, four, five games more, I, then I'm really starting to worry for LA. But I'm, I'm, I'm still not totally like full blown panic yet for the LA Kings. I'm not. But the one thing I am panicking about is Pierre Luc Dubois. Man, this guy has really, really not played well. He is turning the puck over. He's not being that defensive presence at the center spot that he's supposed to be, and he's not giving you a lick offensively lately either for this team. So, just not a good stretch of games for a guy that they traded for because they expected him to be one of the pieces that was going to help put this LA Kings team over the top. And that just hasn't been the uh, case uh, here so far this season for them. And again, another kind of a struggle for him last night. Uh, we wish our guy, Tim York goose. Uh, well, he got in an accident uh, and it's funny. We were joking about him getting in an accident Tuesday night on the bet cast. Cause it looked like he was sitting in a hospital bed that night on the uh, bet nice. cast, but then he really did get into an accident after that. So uh, we Good wish well, him man. well. Uh, no question, and hope you're recovering, my friend, and uh, on the mend uh, as soon as possible. Uh, the rest of the games last night for the uh, uh, Thursday slate, obviously big slate it was. Uh, we start off, of course, talking about the uh, made-up postponed game, Chicago-Buffalo. Very, very dreary hockey game. That's the best way I can uh, say about it. It looked like Chicago was stuck in mud, had no life, no, no energy whatsoever. It's not like Buffalo was leaps and bounds better, but Buffalo was carrying the play from start to finish. There's no question, especially in the first period. It's actually, if not for Soderblom uh, in that game, could have been a lot worse. He was very good in the first period. And unfortunately, only three goals, not the four we needed out of the Buffalo Sabres as the team total for me uh, fell short. But a 3 nothing Sabres win. Really, Alex, the highlight of that game was listening to Brendan Burke on the Blackhawks broadcast yeah. uh, to, as a, a special guest with paying because of the situation with the uh stop stop being stuck in buffalo so that's about the only highlight that you could have had last night for the uh, chicago blackhawks was the broadcast and being able to hear a quality uh play-by-play man like burke certainly nothing on the ice uh was going to be uh, getting them excited about that game and uh this is now like blackhawks team total unders and full game unders are just it's either you bet those or you pass I don't know how you can make a case for overs right now with Chicago, and I don't know how you can make a case to bet their team total over right now. This offense is just absolutely, absolutely pitiful right now. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to look at the schedule. I'm like, when is this team going to win another road game? I I honestly don't know. You know, even when they get Bedard back, even if they start getting some pieces back and get healthier, they just, like I said, they're a complete mess. And they just do not have any kind of energy 
uh, away from the United Center. And guess what? After tonight's game at the United Center, they go on a four-game road trip. And uh, the teams that they'll be playing, Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, and Calgary. So uh, expect a lot of goals for the opponents, not so much for the Hawks, and uh, more than likely a bunch of losing on the way. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, again, a tough night for them there. 3 nothing loss to uh, Buffalo. Uh, the Boston Bruins, what a job by them. 5-2 against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. A great win for the uh, Bruins. Tons of goals early. And I know Alex played this game perfectly. I mean, from a betting standpoint. Because I know he was on first period over. So was I. Uh, he was on both teams to score in the first period uh, in that game as well. Uh, and I had the full game over six uh, with the uh, Avs and the Bruins. And that got uh, to the win column as well, thanks to that late Pasternak uh, hat trick, uh, empty net goal to put that game away to make it five two uh, Bruins. But Alex also jumped on a live under in that game, uh, eight and a half. And I think he mentioned that strategy on the show yesterday that uh, goals early and maybe looked up for a live under, and he followed through on that and he got that one in the win column too, under eight and a half. It stays under with the seven goals uh, in that game. So. That's about as good as you, you talk about the Nashville game working out well. Uh, I, I would assume in the world of Alex B. Smith's Thursday night betting card, uh, Colorado Boston wasn't that far behind. Yeah, absolutely. That that the craziest thing about last night is you take Nashville out of the equation. I still had a really good night, and that was like I said, one of the the big games, hitting the first period over both teams to score, and finding that right opportunity to try to get that number down. Sure enough, we got uh, actually minus one twenty eight on that under eight and a half right at the the end of the first period. You could just tell that it was just a ton of, of offense going all Boston's way. But you knew these these are two well-coached teams. And, you know, we also had the draw in pocket as well. So when you're kind of looking for these setups, you kind of think, all right, we, we want a lower, slower game because we're looking for that draw. But also what score seems to be reasonable. That's why when we talk about kind of throwing the darts at correct scores, it's not necessarily because we think, oh, it's going to exactly be 3-3. We want to just grab that great value if it happens to land there. But we have an idea, you know, a kind of game script in our head of thinking, okay, well, I don't see this game really being tied at five. Uh, I, you know, I kind of saw where, okay, maybe, it, you know, at the craziest, this goes back and forth. If, if Colorado comes back 4-4, four, four, I end up losing that that under nine and a half, but at least I got down to the window with the draw. So it's giving me positions. And, and that's, that's what it's all about when you're betting live. You're just putting yourself in a position to either cash a ticket or to possibly at least – insulate yourself if something else falls by the wayside and that's all that re- that really was so uh it was a fantastic game even with you know posture not getting that empty net goal late we were still covered uh like i said over six caches and under eight and a half caches too. so if you if you jumped in with uh both of our plays on that one you, you had a good night yeah no doubt that was well done alex with the uh, first period over both teams to score first period live under eight and a half i think he bet it nick uh, rich h is asking yeah i think it was two to one Oh, no, it was three to one. It was three to one. It was the end of the period. There you go. You're right. It was uh, four goals. You're right uh, at that time. Yep. So uh, under eight and a half caches as well. So And a great win for the uh, Bruins uh, as they uh, get a 5-2 win against uh, Colorado last night. And again, I'll I'll say it again about Alexander Georgiev. I'm just not sold on him come playoff time. I'm not. There's just too much inconsistency right now in his game. I don't love Colorado's game on the road this year either. That's been a big talking point. They've been... I know they've got some injuries right now, but still, and they miss Big Val, but still, you got to have a better road record than that. Philadelphia, man, Torts has got this team fucking humming. Holy mackerel. 5-1 against a very good, as we know, Dallas Stars team. Uh, I'm sure our guy, Matty Robinson's crying in his beer last night after that uh, game last night. I'm being funny. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, um, you know, you look at that game last night, uh, Stars and Flyers, uh, just a great performance by the uh, 
Philadelphia Flyers uh, last night. Um, a great performance again by Samuel Erson, who we've talked about. It's been very good uh, for the uh, Flyers in net. The team structure has been there. Uh, and I think when you look, too, at the Flyers, one of the best goals you'll see uh, last night in the NHL, the spinorama backhander from Owen Tippett, who just continues to play at such a high level right now uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, this team is scoring enough. Like, they're not a great offensive team, uh, but at the same point in time, uh, you know, that Owen Tippett goal was spectacular. He keeps getting better and better and better. And Torts said that after the game. Like, he really thinks the ceiling is getting higher and higher for this guy as an offensive force. And the more you watch Owen Tippett's game, the more you think, yeah, he can shoot the puck. He's got a power forward kind of move. He's got, he can drive to the net and look at, he can do a little pirouette spinorama backhand like that uh, and be able to finish at an elite level. I mean, that was impressive. That's not the kind of goal I thought he had in his repertoire. I'll be, I'll be fucking truthful right there and honest about that. I did not expect him to be capable of that kind of move and that kind of goal. And to see that, it was really, really amazing. 5-1, a great win for the Flyers last night over the uh, Dallas Stars as they just continue to roll. What is that now? Five or six in a row. Yep. Well entrenched in a playoff spot right now as well. Definitely one of the surprise stories of the season. How about the Ottawa Senators finally, and I mean finally, protecting a lead? Six to two last night uh, for the uh, Flyers. Yeah, Drysdale and Couturier, who are both questionable, Will. They both played last night. So that definitely helped Philadelphia. Uh, out last night as well but Ottawa finally has a lead and holds it and in fact they added to the lead against Montreal last night six to two win uh one of the better complete efforts in a while from the uh, Senators in that victory although let's be real they did catch Montreal on a back-to-back after a huge road win uh the night before in New Jersey so let's not go overboard about saying now this is going to be the turning point for Ottawa they caught Montreal a pretty uh, rough spot uh and let's be real too not one of Caden Primo's better nights either uh in net uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So, but credit to Ottawa. It had to be a starting point to get out of this funk and show that they could hold a lead, and they did that finally, 6-2 uh, to two for the win against uh, Montreal. But, but in terms of going forward, I still think at some point there's going to be a win streak for Ottawa, but I, I don't know. I, I'd love to see them play a better team, and I'd love to see them play a better team in a, not in a brutal spot, unlike a weaker team last night in a brutal spot, which was the case with Montreal. And they'll get that chance, Alex, because Ottawa's next game – uh, is going to be, uh, it looks like, tomorrow uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So they're going to get a chance to test their medal right there with Winnipeg coming to town. And, oh, yeah, Sunday afternoon, you're playing a back-to-back. You're in Philadelphia against this red-hot Flyers team uh, on Sunday afternoon. So you talk about a proving ground for the Senators. Yeah, did you? was that a sign of a true turnaround last night? Or, no, did you just beat a weaker team in a brutal spot on a back-to-back? Well, we're going to find out in these next two games yeah. uh, against the uh, Jets and the Flyers. Yeah, that's about as big of a two-game slate as you can get this time of the year right now for Ottawa. And this would be the real, this would be the real test if they can at least get a point uh, in each of these contests. I think that's what's going to kind of maybe uh, dictate what moves they're going to be making for. If they get, if they lose both of these in regulation, maybe you know that's where they hit the button and say, "Listen, we're not doing it this year. Let's let's kind of retool and get things rolling for next year and beyond." So, uh, you know, it, it's it's awfully early to say that with some teams, but I think with Ottawa, like I said, that's a big proving ground because you have to play at least adequately well against those two teams. You got to talk about a team in the East in Philadelphia that's been red hot and a good solid team out of the West. Uh, so yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta prove your worth here in the, the next couple of days. No doubt. And I want to go back to Philly one last thing to mention this. Sean Couturier obviously was out all the last year. Look at now this year. He's back. 
He's missed a few games, but he's played the majority. Look how much of a difference maker he is. He's just such a complete center, both ends of the ice, offensively, defensively. That's made a huge difference too in Philadelphia. I mean, that we don't talk. I don't. I don't think he gets talked about enough because he's had a lot of injuries over the years. But when he is healthy, Sean Couturier is as good as it gets. Two ways, two way center uh, in the NHL. We're seeing it. Uh, what else did we see last night? We saw Tampa Bay beat up Minnesota seven to three. Uh, just an absolute beatdown for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning over the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, last night uh, in that game. Uh, it was a very impressive performance, and I'd be concerned about Philip Gustafson. This guy's looked rough since he's been back uh, from this injury. It's been a rough go for uh, Gustafson, another rough night for him, seven goals. And because it's a back-to-back, and we'll get to that, Minnesota's playing in Florida tonight against the Panthers. You know, Because of that, we've got a situation where um, he probably couldn't take Gustafson out because he's got to keep an older Mark Andre Fleury, Alex, rested for his start tonight and against the Panthers. So it's probably one of those things where, guess what, um, Philip, you got to eat your medicine, take your medicine here. I know we're having a rough night and you're getting shelled, but you got to stay in the game. You got to take one for the team here because we, we can't put Fleury in there, you know, uh, when he's got to play tomorrow night on a back to back. So I think that's the reason Gustafson stayed in. Uh, for that entire game last night. So 7-3 win for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Washington, uh, 5-2 against St. Louis. I know Alex liked Washington yesterday on the show. Uh, they get the job done, 5-2 against the Blues. Uh, the only thing I had was a small draw bet. I didn't trust St. Louis, and they proved why. Uh, Hattrick, TJ Oshie, and what a night for Hattricks last night. Three yeah. of them, Pasternak for the Bruins, Oshie for the Caps, and later on, as we'll say, Austin Matthews. Uh, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs as well. So uh, a night of hat-tricks, including TJ Oshie. Uh, I didn't have the guts to sprinkle on the hat-trick, but I did have Oshie goal prop. We talked about it. He's been playing better, scoring lately, and facing his old team, the one that drafted him, the one he started his career with. So it added up that Oshie had a good chance to score last night, and it was good to see that. By the way, I forgot to mention with Buffalo, Zemgus Giergensen at plus 580 for a goal prop last night in that game. So it was great to see. And we talked about him on the second line. That's the big reason. This guy's a fourth liner, uh, and there he was on the second line last night. So great value, and he was able to make uh, good on it, uh, cashing in for the uh, Sabres. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, another team like Ottawa, had trouble holding leads. Last night they were able to. 4-3 against Calgary. Wasn't easy, though, but they found a way. Um, and look, credit to the video uh, team, the instant replay uh, group for Toronto. Uh, they saw that that was a hand pass that took what would have been a Calgary tying goal uh, off the board in the third period. And that 4-3 lead stood up. It was a, a much more solid defensive effort. I saw everyone back-checking, everyone making that extra effort, going that extra mile defensively away from the puck to check their man, to block a shot. That's what Toronto needed, and uh, they absolutely uh, found a way there with that 4-3 win uh, last night. So a good job by them. And Austin Matthews was just – he was in one of those modes last night where I am not going to let this team blow another lead. I'm not going to let this team lose this game. That's the way he played. He had a hat trick, and he damn near could add four or five goals because there were a couple of other chances he had that nearly went in. Yeah, Nylander can't find him with a telescope, man. This is concerning. It's almost like you said, oh, I got paid. Now we can uh, stop giving a fuck. Uh, you know, so I, I hate to be that blunt about it, but it's true. I mean, he has done zip, zilch, nothing. Uh, you can't see a damn thing of positivity with him on the ice right now uh, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And 
Uh, it's concerning uh, right now. So he's got to get his ass in gear. You can't just get paid, get the money, sucker everyone into sucking, sucker this team into paying you, and then uh, stop uh, playing at the level we know you're capable of. And that's exactly what we've kind of seen from Nylander. Tavares is in a funk right now offensively as well. It was good to see Marner score because he had been kind of hearing it too about his comments the other night. So Toronto with the 4-3 win last night against uh, Calgary. Uh, I took a shot. I don't mind that I took a shot with Seattle. It didn't work out, didn't pan out. Edmonton's just, they've got that horseshoe up their keister right now. They can do no wrong. 4-2 uh, against uh, Seattle. Uh, they get down 2 nothing in that game, but they come back and they win 4-2, their 12th straight win. It is a very impressive win streak. It goes without saying. And what's been impressive is look at all these games that Edmonton's played, Alex, where they've given up two goals or less. Like they've actually turned into a defensive, a good defensive team uh, during this win streak where they're not giving up as many goals. Uh, they are getting great goaltending from Skinner, who's been very good in that Stewart Skinner. Um, and they're they're doing it with just enough offense, but they're doing it with great team structure. And you could credit Chris Knobloch for this. I'm going to go a step further and say, I'm really going to credit Paul Coffey for this. When you have a guy like Paul Coffey on your bench as an assistant since Knobloch got there, that's a Hall of Famer. That's a Stanley Cup champ. It's one of the better defensemen in the last three or four decades to play this sport. And he has instilled that wisdom, that knowledge. And he was great at both ends when he played the yeah. game, both ends. And he is telling this, and he has, I think, really helped get this team structured communication-wise on the back end. We're not seeing those breakdowns. We're not seeing that loss of coverage like we have saw so much early in the year from Edmonton. And I think the influence of Paul Coffey, one of the greats, one of the all-time greats as an NHL defenseman, has really helped, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, having a guy who, you know, has played the game at the highest of highest levels uh, and, and showing these guys that, hey, you know, that's it. I think that's probably the biggest thing when you're talking about guys like Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, right? You can't just have just any old body, you know, talking to you necessarily. Yes, you haven't really won any championships or high accolades, but you're you're a high-level player in the NHL. So to have just another high-level player who's won cups, who's been there, who's a Hall of Famer to, to talk to, I think maybe, you know, sometimes it just absorbs just a, a little bit of, of, of information, just a little bit tighter. And that being said, that travels all the way through that entire locker room. So you have those guys now playing more accountable defensively. They all understand throughout all these years of, of the failures in the playoffs that, you know, they've seen what it takes to win and be a, a top-tier hockey team. They just haven't executed that. Now they're doing that, and here they are with a 12-game win streak. And uh, will that win streak continue? I'll tell you what. Calgary, even with the loss last night, Calgary's won four of their last five games. Edmonton's on this 12-game win streak. How awesome is that Battle of Alberta going to be for Hockey Day in Canada tomorrow night, Edmonton and Calgary? Yep. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, tomorrow is one of those Saturdays uh, where there's just there's too much going on and there's not going to be enough screens for me to keep track of everything. Like you've got Hockey Day in Canada tomorrow, so you're going to have a lot of afternoon games, including the, the Winnipeg-Ottawa game, which is an early start game for Hockey Day in Canada. Uh, so there's a lot of NHL as usual. You've got NFL divisional playoff football that obviously we got to keep a close eye on. It's playoffs. Uh, and, of course, we've got a huge UFC uh, event taking place just down the road uh, from me uh, in Toronto uh, at uh, Scotiabank Arena uh, on Saturday night with uh, Duplessis and Strickland, uh, the main event, which uh, has all the makings of being a slobber knocker uh, main event. Uh, so 
uh, it is a huge Saturday, and uh, it's unfortunately you can't watch everything. But there's no doubt I got to make room for multiple screens late in the night because by the time we get to 10 Eastern, we're going to be talking about UFC, the end of the Green Bay San Francisco playoff game in the NFL, and the NHL, which includes the Battle of Alberta, which is must see TV. It, that that's a must see TV almost as much as the NFL and the UFC, in my opinion, because it always delivers uh, the Battle of Alberta, Oilers and Flames. So. It's a hell of a Saturday we've got coming up uh, tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Uh, the rest of the games last night, uh, and, and by the way, I do want to say something about Seattle. We're talking Edmonton, Edmonton, but pretty valiant effort from the Kraken. Pretty long road trip. I'm sure they're exhausted. Yeah. I'm sure they're spent. They've got, they're a little bit banged up too. I'm not saying, wow, they won their nine games in a row, and now they're going to lose eight in a row. Let's pump the brakes on that. These last three games, they've been banged up. Pittsburgh, New York. Now to Edmonton, three games and four on the road trip to end it. And now they go back home finally, Sunday night hosting Toronto. So let's, I don't want, I don't want to say this is going to continue and spiral down again for Seattle. Let's, uh, let's see if they get healthier on Sunday. Uh, and let's see if, um, you know, the rest helps them out a little bit. I think the schedule caught up with them uh, every bit as much, if not more than, oh, all of a sudden Seattle's just playing badly again. So uh, that that's the way I would look at it. Yeah, that's the way I look at that too. Like so, you know, Seattle, I'm not not too worried about. There's the same thing with LA. Like those are two teams that are going through their rough patches right now. But it's better to be losing you know, games uh, left and right in January than to be doing it in March, April, or May. So uh, I think these are two teams that will be able to find their footing. I think Seattle even more so uh, than LA because they've got a goaltender. You know, and that's the thing. The court has still been solid. And now once he gets some rest, once you get past this all-star break, this team could be fresh and healthy out of the all-star break. Uh, I, I actually wouldn't mind to see Seattle kind of lose going into the all-star break a little bit. Maybe I could knock some of this value uh, up a little bit as far as game by game goes with Seattle out of the break. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how they uh, go it now that they head back home at uh, Climate Pledge following that game last night. As we talked about already, Nashville 2-1 against L.A. It was a uh, it was a really good hockey game for a lower-scoring affair. Uh, tight, down to the wire, and Nashville getting the big win. Uh, I'll say this again, too. It is, it's, I enjoy, really enjoy listening to Bob Wischusen on ESPN when he gets a game. He's really good. Like He's the closest incarnation to Thorne that they have right now. Uh, in my opinion, he's really, really good. Uh, always enjoy a broadcast when he's play by play for uh, actually it was ESPN plus last night, but uh, great to hear him on the call and Nashville getting the two, one win that big best bet win for uh, Alex last night. And then of course the other games uh, we saw Vancouver two, one against Arizona uh, last night you could tell the Canucks didn't have their second and third gear first home game off that really long road trip, but the good teams find a way to win and they did. 2-1 against Zona and Vegas with a nice 5-1 win against the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, you know, Rangers a little Jekyll and Hyde lately, up and down. Shesterkin wasn't one of his better games last night. You know, what was really good to see from the Vegas standpoint is Logan Thompson played really well. We know he's a talented kid, so can be a capable of a good goalie, but he has, you know, he's been injured a bit. He's been inconsistent, so it was good to see him uh, have a good night for sure. And it was good to see, too, a lot of the big guns for the uh, Golden Knights stepped up last night. Uh, Marcia so was great multi-point game close shave Barbashev was terrific uh, Stevenson got on the board Mark Stone at a multi-point game I mean those are the guys that have to get it done and their best players were their best players last night for Vegas uh, Alex any thoughts on the remaining games yeah I mean I didn't get to watch a lot of the, the late slate honestly I was focused so much on that Nashville LA game pretty much 
uh, had wonder audio why video <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, had the audio video on that for most of, uh, of the of the contest. So uh, didn't catch any of the late stuff, but just to kind of go back to talk about with that Toronto Calgary. I mean, that really bummed me out. Obviously, those of us who had the draw really hoping that, that Calgary would have gotten that, that goal. But, uh, you know, that's a, a good win, you know, it's in a sense for Toronto. You know, you have Matthews get the hat trick. You know, it, that's the thing. You need some of these games where one guy can seal the show, or have your goalie step up and seal the show, you know, to kind of get through some of these tougher spots. But at some point in time, like you said, the, those other guys are going to have to wake up. Uh, D-Lander and Marty, they're going to they're gonna have to find that consistency. They need to find whatever gear that Edmonton has found. Because right, we we always talk about how often those the, those two teams have similar parallels. They usually have kind of the similar similar issues going on, or they're having the similar rises going on. They need to find that rise. They need to be able to, to be more solid defensively. But they have to have everybody chipping in on, on offense, and then they can get on a really hot run. Maybe we can finally start seeing some uh, positive things with the uh, blue and white. See if uh, we'll see if they can go on a run. Uh, we know they're capable of it, but. Again, it's all going to come down to, and can Martin Jones keep playing well? The one thing I'll say about Martin Jones last night, none of the goals were really his fault. Uh, he had, uh, right, it was sure, one yeah. of those, you know, there were some crazy deflections early in the game, and he has still given the Leafs way more than I ever thought he would or was capable of giving them. I mean, and I got to give him credit for that. Uh, this has been a stretch of games where, other than there was one that dry sidle goal against Edmonton, Really, other than that, this whole stretch where Marty Jones has been in net, I don't know if there's been many bad goals that he's given up. No, so he deserves some credit for that uh, and the way he's playing. And we know this. Look, this guy was very good for a season or so with San Jose there for a bit. Really, really good goaltender. And then he fell off and he never really got it back. And he'd have these little you know, hot streaks for three, four games. And then he'd go back to struggling and giving up five or four or five and four straight, five straight games. That's been Martin Jones. But right now, I mean, if you would have told me Martin Jones was going to have to be the guy, the number one guy for the Leafs because Joe Wool's hurt, Samsonov's not right mentally or with his game and his form, I'd say the Leafs are really up against it. And somehow, you know, he's given them a chance every night. So deserves credit for that. No question uh, about it. We're going to have Jimmy Murphy joining us momentarily. He'll be on uh, in a few minutes uh, to join us as he usually does. So we will start to get into the Friday games now, and we will begin with the Minnesota Wild taking on the Florida Panthers Florida minus 200 home favorites, six the total in this game. Really tough spot for Minnesota. Back-to-back on the road, but they are in a team that should feel at least some level of embarrassment last night, 7-3, losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see if they can bounce back, but the problem for Minnesota is they're on a back-to-back on the road. They're struggling mightily once again. I think the John Hines shine is starting to wear off, uh, Alex. Shocker. Right, that the uh, John Hines experiment, you know, yeah. and he had that little bump after Dean Evason got fired, but now reality's sinking in that you know it's still not a great Minnesota Wild team, and without uh, Jared Spurgeon as well, ruled out for the rest of the season, just really, really unfortunate. They're just that's a huge gap to fill yeah. uh, on the blue line, no question about that, uh, and they aren't going to get him back anytime soon. Yeah, Minnesota's going to want to bounce back, I and mean, we did see them get shut out by Arizona, get humiliated in that game, and they did turn around with Flurry and Net, who is going to be in net tonight, and shut out the Islanders. But this is a different animal. This is a Florida team that we know has been playing well, that has actually hit a rough patch here on this current homestand, uh, losing three in a row, home to New Jersey, home to Anaheim, home to Detroit, losing all three games, including the last two in overtime. And this is the end of the homestand for Florida. So Paul Maurice and this team, I'm sure there's some level of urgency 
for the Florida Panthers going into this game tonight, knowing that, hey, we don't want to go one and four uh, on this homestand. And now we got to hit the road for, you know, the majority of our next several games. So uh, I think it's an important spot for Florida. And this is uh, a spot where I think they can get the job done. Fleury's played all, all right, actually, in some of these recent starts. But here's my concern. He got the, the big win against the Islanders, which put him above Patrick Waugh on the all-time wins list uh, in the NHL for goaltenders. Is there a little bit of a hangover effect from that for Fleury? You know, that was a big at home, too. And now you've got to, you know, play it that way again, play at a high level. And you're going to get going up against a Florida team that's really, I think, coming into this game a little pissed, a little angry and desperate. I think you're going to see that sense of desperation. This, to me, for Florida kind of has the feel of the way it was for Toronto last night against Calgary. Like, we need a win. You know, we're, we're going to tougher games and going on the road coming up. Albeit Florida's played very well on the road. Uh, you know, that road trip was outstanding. I think there's onus on them to let's stop the bleeding tonight. Let's get the job done. I like Florida, but I like obviously team total. That's the approach I'm going to take here. Florida team total over three and a half minus 106 uh, at Pinnacle. So a very good price there. Near even money with Panthers team total over three and a half. I'm going to sprinkle on. The, I don't love the draw, but I'm going to sprinkle on it just because Florida has gone to overtime three of the last four games. It's a pretty good uh, recent run of uh, games that have gone past regulation. You know, Minnesota, even though it's a tough back-to-back road spot, they will want to play better and put a best foot forward. I'm going to take Florida team total over, take the draw, and hope for a 4-3 in overtime for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, that would be the alt- or 5-4 even. Whatever gets me both wins, uh, both bets in the win column, I'll take it. So uh, Florida team total over 3.5, minus 106, and also going to sprinkle on the uh, draw. I think it's a great spot for the with the Panthers to get – the job done what do you think here alex minnesota florida yeah i agree with you on, on florida i think this is going to be a, a step up game for them and they said minnesota i mean they're just absolutely abysmal in the back end now and i think knowing that jared spurgeon's not coming back that kind of even took the air out of their sails a bit more and that's why that, that blue line was just absolutely dog shit last night and it's not going to get any better and think about flurry's uh, last game where he did get the win they got the shutout, but, you know, we saw him skating around, forechecking and, you know, hitting guys because Blue Liners weren't doing anything in front of him. That was his way of saying, hey, you know what? If you can't do it, I'll do it. And he might have to step up and do even more stick handling and forechecking in front of himself, uh, essentially against this Florida team, and especially if they come hot and ready like we expect them to. There should be goals galore. So I like the over six. I like Florida team total uh, three and a half. I had to lay over 115 at Bet Online. I don't have a pinnacle. Uh, and I also will sprinkle a tad bit on the draw, but shop around, especially shop around using that yes, no overtime prop, because right now I've been online. Yes, for overtime is plus 400, where the draw is plus 360. So they get kind of trying to trick us with that. So uh, shop around if you do like a game that could go OT. So 4-3 makes total sense, but I could also see us being 6-2 uh, Florida. So uh, either way, Florida should get the W. All right, and as far as props, look, he scored in eight straight games, even though the price isn't great. There's not anywhere close to a bargain bin value price, but Sam Reinhardt, even at plus 122, which isn't a great price, but I'll, I'll take it just because, you know, you got to ride the streak. He scored in eight straight for the uh, Florida Panthers. What a season Sam Reinhardt uh, is having for them. Uh, there still remains value with some of these players for Florida. Maybe tonight's the night you get them to uh, produce here against a tired Minnesota team without their best defenseman. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, where I'm talking about E2, Coolmint, Lusterinen, and Anton Lindell on the top line. 
Verhage, Bennett, Kachuk, don't sleep on them either on the uh, second line. Maybe this is the night they get going. If I'm going to look at any Minnesota props, it's really going to be Boldy, Rossi, and Erickson Eck, those three. I mean, those have been the, the, the catalysts for anything offensively lately for uh, Minnesota. All right, and by the way, it should be, uh, it is Bobrovsky and Net, and it will be. It's not confirmed, but it will be Flurry. Uh, for uh, Minnesota. All right, New Jersey and Columbus. We've got the Devils minus 160, road favorite, six and a half the total in this game. I'll be damned if I'm laying this price with the Devils right now uh, on the road. I mean, they are, they're not playing great. And I went back and looked and I said, enough with guessing, enough with putting an estimate on it. I want to find out the exact record. So I went back and looked at New Jersey this season. Games played without Jack Hughes. What is the record for the New Jersey Devils? So we did our research, and I've got them at three and seven in ten games this season without Jack Hughes in the lineup. Three and seven, one and four in the last five games without him uh, during this current stretch where Jack Hughes has been out of the lineup for the New Jersey Devils. So um, they are just—that's um, not what you want to see. And we know he's valuable and important to this team. Obviously, goes without saying. But then you see that record without him, and that's not good. And actually, if you throw in the record of uh, this Devils team this season without both Hughes and then Nico Heeshier, because there was a time earlier this year where they were missing both guys, the record's even worse. So uh, big-time concerns here for me with New Jersey, and they're just not playing great at the moment. Uh, they have been better on the road. That's the funny thing, uh, which uh, actually might help them here. Uh, but I'm still not laying a buck sixty with them. One and four in their five games without Jack Hughes. Uh, that's not what you want to see. Their offense struggling. They're still you know, not the best at keeping the puck out of their own net either. Uh, I expect we're going to see, v I, I'm a here, I haven't seen it confirmed, but I'm hearing it's going to be probably Vitek Vanacek for New Jersey tonight because it's a back-to-back. -back. They're against Dallas tomorrow night, the New Jersey Devils uh, in New Jersey. So I think we're gonna, they're going to save Nico Dawes, who I think is the goalie they feel a little bit better about right now uh, for that game on Saturday night against the Stars. So uh, Vanacek and that I like the over regardless uh, in this game over six and a half uh, minus a 120 uh, to minus 125 is what we're looking but I'm going to grab Columbus here Alex I'm actually going to take the jackets here plus 140 I know you felt bold enough to cash a ticket and bet Columbus on Martin Luther King Day against Vancouver uh, in that spot and it was a solid win and the more I started to think about this game the more with Vanacek and net that's even pushing me further toward Columbus. But I looked at Merzlikens and what he said after the win against Vancouver, I saw anger. I saw, I am not going to be denied. I saw it. I'm not going to be denied in my eyes uh, from him. And I saw a guy that's like, I think he's whole, he's fed up. He's fed up that, you know, he, Columbus has basically kind of said, you know, we're going to start Martin and Tarasov and all these uh, other jabronis. Uh, in net night in and night out instead of you. And that's what led to the trade demands. Now he, he has to hold some level of culpability here too, because he's been inconsistent. Elvis Merzlikens, you know, he can't just all blame it on the team, but he looks like right now after his trade request, knowing he's going to get more starts now moving forward. And by the way, they put Spencer Martin on waivers. So I don't know if that's a response to the uh, frustrations of Merzlikens, but that was an interesting move. Uh, by Columbus doing that. But I think they're going to give Merzlikens some runway, give him multiple starts in a row. And whether the trade happens or not, he's angry. He wants to prove himself. And if anything, he's going to try to improve his trade value uh, as well uh, if he gets dealt by the uh, Jackets. So 
we'll see. But uh, and more than anything, I was impressed with his performance too against Vancouver. I thought, you know, he kept that game at three two, gave the Jackets a chance to tie it, uh, and he was phenomenal in the shootout. He was uh, that's that's terrific performance he had in the shootout for the Jackets in that game. So I'm going to grab the Jackets here as a home dog plus 140. Again, that record is just awful for New Jersey without Hughes, three and seven. Uh, in the uh, 10 games without him. So Columbus plus 140 over six and a half for me uh, in this one here. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Devils, Blue Jackets. Yeah, it's funny. I, when you're saying about uh, Overs Mazlikens and, and his post-game reaction, it just made me think about uh, Glenn Close, a failed attraction. I will not be ignored. Uh, and that's kind of the, that's is the, true, the that's kind a great of, comparison. That's <laughs> kind of the theory that he's playing with right now. And, you know, exactly he was the that. one who, who willed that club to the win uh, against Vancouver because, to be honest, a better team would have beat Vancouver probably 4-1, 5-1, maybe even 6-1 in that spot. That was a, just a bad scheduling spot. That's the only reason I even took a shot with Columbus as a dog. So in saying that here, rested off of a win, having a couple of days. Uh, and they said New Jersey, knowing that they got to get things rolling without Hughes and Heesher in the lineup, you can't have that. You have to be able to get the next man up mentality, have to kick in at some point. And this is a, a Devils uh, you know, team that has done well against the Blue Jackets. They've won. Five of the last six meetings. So, Ian, I got to get it old. Not so fast, my friend. I'm going with Devils in regulation minus a dollar ten. I think they squeaked out a win right. here, and I'm also going to sprinkle the draw as well. This last matchup went to uh, went yeah. past regulation. Could easily see this one going to the overtime. Yeah, I, I, I uh, the draw might. Sorry, you know, I'll tell you. Not, what sorry, we're... sorry. That's, yeah, so that's right. That's a that's a regulation and draw split. So it's either going to be you know coming close to we're, we're going both. So we're only going to hit one or the other. So we're going to kind of maybe split that 50-50, which means we might end up leading into something else. So we will have draw in pocket, but I'm, I'm leaning with Devils and Regulation to, get, to grab the price. So to All right, I like it. Head-to-head Devils and Regulation for Alex, and I'm on Columbus here, plus 140. And I'm on. I'm going to add the draw, too, because I'm just looking at it. Columbus has gone to the overtime or a shootout in six of their last nine games. My goodness. And the last meeting with Blue Jackets, Devils, and Jersey went to overtime, and I was on the draw and Columbus in that game, and Columbus blew it. The 3-2, they were up. Luke Hughes does an end-to-end rush to tie the game. And then, of course, the Devils win it in overtime. It was a brutal loss uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, in that game. That's kind of why I like Columbus here, too. They remember that we should have beat their ass the last time in New Jersey. We were up 3-2 late, and we lost in overtime. So maybe, hopefully, Columbus has that that memory planted in the back of their mind, and they remember that because they should have beat New Jersey uh, the last time uh, they played them. All right, great stuff. Jimmy Murphy. Our Beantown hey. Friday guest who joins us every Friday with us. Make sure you check him out on the Sick Podcast, the Eye Test with Pierre Maguire, Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. He'll be on with that in a little over an hour. But for now, he's with us. Jimmy, what's going on? Nothing, guys. I apologize. Just sneaking in a late lunch here uh, before I. Yeah, welcome to the world of doing podcast. shows every fucking day. Yeah, <laughs> every hour. You, can. yeah. you guys are yeah. on all day. I don't know how you do it. But, um, no yeah, everything's good. You guys? Absolutely. Good stuff. Great. So make sure you tune into Jimmy's show. It's great stuff uh, with yeah. Pierre Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jimmy, as we always do, we talk a little Bruins because we like to hear what the State of the Union address is with the Bruins every Friday when you're with us. And obviously for them, a great win last night against Colorado. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think I'll start. I'll kind of micro into it a bit and then I'll do the more big picture. I think that game for David Postanak was a real statement game. Not so much to the rest of the league because, unfortunately, unlike unlike the rest of the league, the, a lot of the fans and media here don't seem to appreciate him. 
And, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, guys. I'm just, I'm from Boston and I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. Our, our city, when it comes to being sports fans, have become spoiled brats. And, you know, it's just 20 years, 20 plus years of championships and long playoff runs and so many different sports that, you know, they just, they don't appreciate greatness when it's in front of them. And I think the other thing too, and I won't say that it's just Boston fans, is that I think, you know, it's still a problem where sports fans sometimes blame players for the salary they have or the, the contract they have. Whereas, you know, okay, if anybody put it in front of my face, I'm not turning it down. It's not his fault that they want to give him that money. And so I, I think they don't understand the market as much. And so bottom line is people just have been shitting on David Pasternak for the last 10 days plus, ever since he missed that penalty shot against the Colorado Avalanche on January 8th. They've been all over him here. Uh, people calling for the Bruins to trade him. This ass white Michael Felger, who is a, just a complete clickbait rat, is what I like to call him. <laughs> He, he just doesn't know anything about hockey, but he says stuff just to get clicks and get, get people tuning in. And he says, well, the NHL should have suspended him for that, that missed attempt against Colorado. Clearly, he has no idea what he's talking about. But the problem is, is people... Oh, the shootout thing. Yeah, it was. It looked like a little weaker attempt, but my goodness, maybe it was but, a planned attempt like but that. It was, was, it, was, yeah. it was what they're doing now. A lot of yeah. these guys come in slow, you know, and yeah, they, try to, right. they try to get the goalie to be impatient and, and bite. And that's all he was doing. He missed. It is what it is. And, you know, that happens. It's it, That's part of the game. But it just blew up here. So I think when, he, you know, he says, okay, here's the avalanche coming into town again. Here's Nathan McKinnon, Cal McCarr, uh, Miko Rantanen, you know, star-studded lineup in front of my home crowd. I'm going to go out and shut these idiots up. And that's what he did. I mean, he was a beast last night. And, you know, he got a hat trick too. But he was he was defensively great as well. So I was really happy for him. To get that going, I think Jake DeBrusque is starting to catch fire again offensively, even though I don't think he's been playing that bad. I think it's his best defensive season ever. Um, but, you know, big picture, I think it was a statement for the Bruins too. I mean, you know, we're still looking at the Bruins nationally saying, what is this? I don't get it. How are they doing this? Are they for real? They're going to fade off. And, you know, they're not. They're not fading off. And I don't know if they're going to win the president's trophy. And honestly, I don't think they care. You know, who wants that jinx again, but they're going to be there and they're contenders. And um, I think they made that pretty clear to the rest of the league last night in a convincing five to two win. Yep. And as long, like I say, I mean, we've seen enough from the Swayman Allmark duo that we trust them for the most part. Mm -hmm. I know Swayman had a little bit of a hiccup earlier in the year, but you know, I think he's playing better uh, lately. There's no question. We like the blue line, especially when they're healthy. And don't forget Brandon Carlos on IR for them. Uh, so, you know, they're not fully healthy yet on the I, back end. Yeah, by the way, him and um, him and Forbert could both Forbert. actually play tomorrow uh, when they host the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night. Um, but they're saying Matthew Patra is still a couple games away, it seems like. Um, but the big thing that kind of nobody's talking about this and I might write about it and it was kind of, it's just, I don't know why nobody wants to, it, it's, it's really weird how it's being handled here, but the Milan is heating up now too, which is great to see. Yeah. 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 So, but the Milan Lucic situation is interesting Ian, because he had his, uh, pre pre trial date today and they're going to trial. Uh, his wife wow. has not dropped the charges. And they will start that trial on February 19th. Um, and here's the situation, like, the, this is the thing, and I've looked into this, um, and this, 
situation for Don Sweeney, right? Because you got the trade deadline coming up. We're what about eight weeks away uh, from the trade deadline, and there's a lot of players out there that he's probably looking at. Like one player I keep hearing linked to them is Vladimir Tarasenko. So we'll use him as an example. He's an unrestricted free agent after this season. So he's coming in right now, and he's got a prorated cap hit, right? So he's only at this point. Last I checked this morning, I believe two point three million as opposed to the 5 million he signed for, for the year, because he's eaten up that much. He's eaten up basically just, to, just under half. So, you know, you can't use a prorated cap hit if you have somebody on LTIR or if you don't send down two roster players, but then you're short a player on the roster. So is it better? Like is, is Sweeney smarter to use that 1 million? that he's getting from Milan Lucic being an LTIR or does he, you know, let's say he wants to get Tarasenko. He's getting a bigger discount if he takes Lucic off LTIR. But now you take Lucic off LTIR. I don't think they're put like, he didn't want him to play right now. No. I imagine, you know, he's obviously distracted and I don't think they want to put him on the roster considering the criminal charges against him. No. So does this lead to his release? And so I think that's going to be something to watch in the next week or so is how the Bruins handle this, what their their stance is on it, because they they kind of could be shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade. I don't think Milan Lucci's playing another game for the Boston Bruins. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Okay? Yeah. So why wait and just lose out on the chance to get that extra discount on a prorated cap hit from a player you acquire just to save 1 million with him on, on LTIR. I, I don't think it makes sense. So if no. I'm John Sweeney, get it over with. Let's no. just take the elephant Cut out the of ties. the ties. Yeah. Cut ties, move this distraction yeah. away. You don't need it. The, the, the closer you get to the playoffs, you don't need it. Just get it out, get it done with. And yes, the PA will probably file agreements and that's their right, but that's something that will drag into the off season. They don't need this no. distraction right now. So that's something to watch. And in, in probably I'd say the next seven to 10 days. And and yeah. and they can even avoid the uh, rattling the feathers with the PA by just saying, "Oh, we tried to attempt a trade with, say, I don't know, Calgary, and then it didn't work because he has criminal charges and he can't go to Canada." Yeah. So then they go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Though, like I get these comments, guys, in the stories. I write, "They should have him back in the lineup," or "Why don't they trade Lucic for uh, Lindholm?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, the Flames. Here, give us Milan Lucic back, and you can have Elias Lindholm." Yeah, okay, we'll do that. It's just like, do these people think before they comment, do they put themselves in the shoes of the other team and say, is this what the GM would want? I mean, no GM in his right mind is going to acquire Milan Lucic right now. So please, for anyone suggesting that, it's not happening. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I agree. I think it is. I think it's the right move. And let's be real. You're losing the Milan Lucic of 2024, not the Milan Lucic of 2011 or 12. Yes. Okay. Right. That's exactly. another thing. He's not making that impact and imprint on the hockey team like he once did, especially on the offensive side of things. So it's just a shame, though, that it's going to wrap up likely this way. It is. It is. A great mean, run. It was a great story, him coming back to Boston. You know, after yeah. all these years and maybe finishing his career there potentially. And then to have this whole incident with his with mm -hmm. his wife, it's just it's awful. It's just yeah, it's tough. look, I, I mean, it's it's horrible. But, yeah. you know, a lot of people here, of course, it's just the way the world works. Like, Why does she just drop the charges? Whatever. She's over. Look, like, I think it's it's a tragic story all around. But I'm not going to sit here and say that some woman who was allegedly abused and, you know, 
this could have been something. I don't have any proof. I'm just speculating. It could be something that had been ongoing. We don't know. Um, and clearly he had a substance abuse issue or he wouldn't have gone into the program. Right. Um, it, it's like, why should she do that? Just so your hockey team can get a player back? Like there's things that are bigger than life here. Yeah. And this, whatever is going on with, with Lucic, his wife, and, and obviously his kids, unfortunately, are involved in this too. That's the most important thing. Not not getting him back in the, in the lineup because the Bruins need a big body. So it's just sad sometimes when people lose perspective on things and and think that it all revolves around sports. Yeah, yeah and I remember seeing that when the charge when this whole thing was announced that you know allegedly they had had issues before oh, yeah. in their marriage and that they had called the cops on each other throughout the years. So I guess yeah. people were kind of looking at saying, well, if this has been going on the whole time, then why is it stopping him from playing now? Which like you said, you know, you guys look at the bigger picture of things that, yeah, this is unfortunate. It shouldn't be happening at all, but yeah, I, I get, you know, so that, that's the thing that kind of, I guess, had some fans confused to me. And it's like, wow. Okay. This well, wasn't the first time of this, of the, these instances that happened. Yeah. I mean, not to get, get too serious here. I know we got some hockey to talk, but just, I'll tell you guys, I mean, I my ex-girlfriend, she's now unfortunately passed away, um, but she was in, before our relationship, uh, she was in a, a very hostile, you know, toxic relationship where her boyfriend and then husband, same thing, just the same pattern, her boyfriend, they, they, he physically abused her, and then she still stayed with him, she would drop the charges all the time, and, and then they got married, and same thing. And that's what happens is, you know, the, unfortunately, the victims are afraid to, break I don't know, through, break away, yeah. break away. And maybe yep. it's, you know, they want the security of a marriage of, of, of a family and all that. And they hold, they, they kind of sacrifice for those they love when, you know, inside, they're just getting beaten down. And unfortunately for, for my ex, I mean, it got to the point where she actually had to jump out of a five story building from the top floor through the window to escape him where he was going to kill her. And that's when, you know, she finally pressed charges and he's still in jail, but it led to her becoming an alcoholic and her drinking killed her. So, I mean, you know, this, this is serious stuff that I think we just need to let it be. And, and not let's, Females in abusive relationships, Jimmy, they got to learn there's a support system out there for them. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be scared to speak up. But I don't think they should be punished punished because they're afraid to get that support. That's the one thing I, that's the one thing I hate. Like people say, no, well, why, like you just said, people are probably saying, why didn't she call the cops before? Why didn't she press charges? Maybe she's scared. I don't know. We're well, not in here. But no, no. The thing that was, they were saying that, 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 that he called the cops on her at one point because she oh, was yeah. beating him up. That, yeah, that, yeah. They, she, but they had had separate incidents that had, had yep. stemmed across. So, so it seemed as if like, you know, their relationship had been rocky and abusive for quite some time and to the point where if, if they were both at, at odds and, and hurting each other to, to just mutually step away. So I think that was exactly. what was said. And here's the thing too, right? Yeah. Like this, it's, it's, it's sad too. Like I was having this conversation with Pierre earlier today. It's really, you think at this day and age that athletes would get better support systems around them, right? Like yeah, what do people always say to athletes that are around? They're always just saying, yeah, you're right. Yep. That's okay. It's like, they never have somebody say, no, this is wrong, man. You got to end this. You got to leave her. I mean, if, if, if that was the case and he was the victim, then he's got to leave, you know, and people need to say this stuff that, that are close to athletes. They can't be afraid to tell them the truth and tell them the reality and give them a dose of reality. Like it, it's sad that we see so many athletes 
that kind of, I feel like they're on an Island, right? Everybody's just trying to use them for their money. And, yep. and this, I'm not excusing what he did or any no, of that. No. I'm just saying like, no. I, I wish that somewhere along the line, either somebody told her or somebody told him and convinced them to part ways right. and we wouldn't be here, you know, but right. it's exactly. a sad yes. situation. Yeah. So uh, it anyway, is. And, uh, it's, guys, but- it's, it's just, it's, it's sad for the, for the couple. For the yep. for, for the home front the that, they are, the that they're on, it's yes. sad for that, and especially I think they had been together for a long time as well, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So that's what makes it even worse. I mean, that's not like they just got married three months ago when this is happening. They sure. had been invested in this yeah. marriage and this relationship for a very long time, and now yeah. this is happening. So, and then of course with the story of coming back to Boston, it felt great. It looked great, yeah. and to see it right. maybe yeah. end like this is very. Very unfortunate. There's no doubt. And you're right. I think the Bruins, look, things are starting to get going again for them. You don't need the distraction. It, it might be time to just uh, go the other way and uh, to part ways with uh, Milan Lucic. Uh, Minnesota, Florida, Jimmy, on the Friday slate. Is there anything you like there? Uh, this is an interesting game, guys. I think both teams, uh, you know, kind of up and down lately. Florida's kind of not been themselves. Uh, I'm feeling a draw. I'm going to go with the draw here. Draw season for me in this game. All right, I have the draw and the team total over for the uh, Panthers. So that's what I'm open for, 4-3 or 5-4 in OT for Florida tonight. All right, New Jersey, Columbus. I mentioned Columbus in the over. Alex likes New Jersey in regulation and the draw, and I'm going to sprinkle on the draw as well. And then for props in this game, there's a lot of props I like because I think we will see some goals for New Jersey. Michael McLeod, man, I like what I'm seeing out of him in the second-line center spot. Mercer as well. Uh, I would look in those two directions as far as props. Maybe an Alex Holt sprinkle for New Jersey. And then for Columbus, take your pick. It looks like Cole Sillinger is centering the top line tonight for Columbus. So he's got value for goal prop, assist prop. Igor Shinikov continues to be really playing great for this team. So he's on the top line now, too, with Sillinger and Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Fantilli, a returning Boone Jenner, the captain, and Jack Roslovic on the second line. Uh, there might be some value with Roslovic, too, because he's moved up. And uh, don't sleep on, uh, you know, Marchenko and Johnson on the third line, but especially Voronkov. Dmitry Voronkov got two goals against Vancouver on Monday. So there's some good value prop-wise with Columbus here in this game. Jimmy, what do you think here, New Jersey-Columbus? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at some of the streaks that are going on right now, guys. And you, you look at, uh, at, excuse me, I got the wrong game up. Uh, you look at Columbus, Adam Boquist is uh, on a little two-game point streak, two assists in his last two games. Uh, might be worth putting a, at least a point or an assist uh, prop on him. And uh, I go on the other side, New Jersey. One guy that I think is – he's shown signs that he's going to – of brilliance and that he's going to start to reach his potential and he kind of falls back. But I feel like he's due for a good game because at least when I watched him uh, against the Bruins earlier this week, I thought he was one of the few Devils players – that stood out to me in a good way. And that's uh, Alexander Holtz. So I'm going to go with a little goal prop on Holtz. Yeah, even though he's down the lineup, he does get on the power play. That's the critical thing to keep in mind. And that's sometimes what you have to watch for with player props. Yeah, this guy could be on the third and the fourth line. It doesn't mean he's not on the power play. So you have to keep that in mind. And Alex Holtz does uh, get power play time for the uh, New Jersey Devils. So an interesting matchup there. Uh, in that one. All right, we move on. We got two games left. Uh, next up, we've got it is, uh, let me just see here. Oh, yeah, Detroit and Carolina, uh, Red Wings and Hurricanes. We've got uh, Carolina minus uh, 220 now, uh, home favorites in this game. We've seen some money come in on them, even though the Detroit Red Wings are six and one 
uh, in their last seven games, really heating up at, at the moment. Uh, the total in this game is six and a half across the board. Um, that being said, it does feel like a Carolina spot just because they lost 5-2 at home to L.A. They've had two days, three days off since that Martin Luther King Day defeat to the Kings. They'll be looking to bounce back here with a three days off. That's a good, good situational spot, scheduling spot for Carolina. But I'm not laying minus 220 against Detroit uh, right now, even though this is a good spot right now for the uh, Hurricanes. Detroit's playing well, 6-1 and one in their last seven. Uh, Alex Lyon is already confirmed in net for Detroit. There is one thing that concerns me, though. Lyon's played better. He had that little stumble when he first got back from injury. He's played better the last few games. That was a big game for him against Florida. His old team, he helped them out get into the playoffs last year. And it was a great spot for him to play well. I cashed the best bet on the show Wednesday with his saves prop uh, over 30 and a half. And I thought it was he would play well, and he did. And Detroit came back and won that game. You have to think, maybe after a game like that, Maybe there's a little emotional hangover of sorts for Lyon. Not that he's going to play badly tonight, but if you actually look too, and this is definitely an Alex B. Smith statistical special here, checking the stats of the goalie against a specific team, his numbers against Carolina in the past aren't great. And he got lit up by them last year when he played the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So I'd be a little leery of Detroit and Lyon in particular uh, in this spot, but I'm not taking Carolina minus 220. What I am taking in this game is we, we've committed to it with Antti Ranta being the goalie moving forward uh, with Carolina. And obviously he struggled against L.A., didn't play great. Continuation of his struggles all year. Both Anderson and Kochetkov still on IR. Uh, I like over six and a half here with the uh, Red Wings and the uh, Hurricanes in this game. Uh, it's currently a six and a half, uh, right around even money, plus 100, minus 105. I think that's a good way to go. I don't totally hate a first period over or a first period both teams to score. Uh, in this Detroit-Carolina game either. I could make a case for that as well. So mostly totals here. I like over six and a half. I can make a probably a case as well for first period over and or uh, both teams to score uh, in the first period as well. We should see a Ronta versus Lion uh, matchup here tonight in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Detroit-Carolina. Yeah, I do like first period over one and a half. Delay of dollar thirty-five with that. Both teams to score uh, the first period. That's at plus 170. At bet online, so that's a great price for that. And I also uh, sprinkled a little bit of the draw, which I was able to find uh, a draw around three ninety earlier. So kind of shop around and see if you can get something in that range. I can definitely see where this one higher scoring, but could end up being kind of tight late. These are two teams that desperately need points. So uh, if it's four four with about you know three and a half minutes left, they're not going to risk doing anything crazy. They're just going to take that game right into OT. So first period over, both teams to score the first and the draw. All right, there you go. Uh, over in the first period, both teams to score first period and draw for Alex here. Jimmy, what do you think here? Red Wings, Hurricanes. So we got a little prop. Another guy kind of falling under the radar. It's been pretty hot right now for the Carolina Hurricanes is Jordan Martinuk or Martinuk. I always pronounce his name wrong. Um, but give me him on a goal scoring prop, and uh, I will take the draw as well in this. You know what? And it's uh, it's hard to turn down another uh, guy, too, for uh, Carolina. He's a fourth line now, but he does, again, he gets on the power play. Stefan Nason, he's been good. You're right about Martinuke, man. That's a good find, Jimmy. Three straight games with a goal for Jordan Martinuke. Four points in the last three games. That is absolutely one that I had my eye on as well. So good find there. I agree with it 100%. Uh, a guy on a three-game goal-scoring streak, and you can get upwards of plus 440. You know, at BetMGM for him to score a goal tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's definitely some good value there. Uh, you know, you've got uh, certainly uh, 
Bunting as well has been a little bit better lately, but uh, there's no doubt Martin Nuke's a good find. And then on the Detroit side of things, Robbie Fabry back to the top six. And when mm. Robbie Fabry gets elevated up the lineup, it seems like he makes an impact. He ended up scoring, uh, I believe, the tying goal the other night. He's now got two goals in the last three games for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So if you were to take the most value based on a recent uptick in offensive form and the price you're getting, I'd say Martin Nuke for the Canes and Fabry for the Red Wings is probably the best two player prop goal props tonight in this game as far as value. And, of course, the recent uptick in their uh, production as well, uh, given the uh, lineup positioning for both of those guys. And Fabry, like I said, up to the uh, second line. Looks like still uh, Jake Wallman will miss on the blue line. And, of course, Patrick Kane remains bothered uh, by the uh, hip injury that continues to uh, bother him. And that's uh, unfortunate. But, uh, like we said, he's been uh, having issues with that uh, for quite some time. All right, the final game of this uh, Friday slate the New York Islanders and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, Chicago was supposed to play uh, Wednesday night uh, in Buffalo. Instead, it got moved to Thursday night, which has turned this game into the back end of a back-to-back for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks as they return home to face the uh, Islanders. Uh, We've got the Islanders minus 260 road favorites, uh, six the total here uh, in this game. Uh, You've got, obviously, a situation where the Chicago Blackhawks have just completely and utterly been inept on offense uh they just cannot put the puck in the net uh it's been a dreadful stretch of games for them they have scored now just one goal or fewer in five straight games and yes it will show two to one against san jose but that's because they won in a shootout in regulation and overtime they scored one goal and that's now five straight games where the blackhawks have only scored one goal so they are having issues obviously finding the back of the net and of course you would expect that we've said that for several games we expect them to have massive problems uh, scoring goals as a team when you've got no Connor Bedard, no Nick Foligno, no Taylor Hall, no Tyler Johnson, no Anthony Bovillier, no Andreas Athanasiu. I mean, it's just on. And remember, Athanasiu can get you 20 goals. Not enough people are talking about his absence, the Greek stallion for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, who's been out for a while. So uh, that's all the reasons why Chicago can't score. And look, they're, they're getting some chances. They're working hard, but there's just zero finish right now with this uh, Chicago team. Uh, certainly, I can't talk anyone out of a Chicago team total under 2.5 minus 140. I mean, you're talking about a team that's only scored one goal in each of the last five games combined. I could certainly make a case for that. The Islanders, though, are not having a good road trip right now. They've lost three in a row at Nashville, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. That Minnesota game was a debacle losing 5 nothing to the Wild. They lose 4-2 at Winnipeg. They lose 3-1 at Nashville. So this four-game road trip, which ends tonight for the Islanders, has not been a good one for them. And I'll say this about Chicago. We know they can't score. We know they've been bad at that end of the ice. We get it. But defensively, they're digging in. Defensively, they're trying to play their tail off to keep them in games. They know they can't score right now. So how are we going to stay in games? Play great structure, great team defense. And hopefully get some saves from our goaltender. Peter Morozik's actually been decent lately. And I think Alex would agree. Peter Morozik hasn't played that bad in net the last few games for the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to see him in net tonight. You know, and Sorokin, of course, for uh, the Islanders. And I should also point out the Islanders do have some injuries of their own. Pierre Engvall, Bortuzzo on the blue line. Casey Zizekas, who's a really good fourth line player. Ryan Pollock still on IR. Um, But the Islanders aren't in the form where I'm, necessarily confident they're going to be able to win this game by margin you know as in pull away from Chicago 
because even though this is a back-to-back for Chicago, the Islanders are rested. Chicago at home has played feisty, really, really tough hockey on their opponents. You know, they get the win against San Jose, a 3-1 loss against Dallas at home where they were right there, right in the game, a 2-1 loss against the mighty Oilers who are on this great win streak right now where they have were right in that game, a 4-3 win against Calgary, you know, when they were beaten up with all these injuries, and they still beat Calgary 4-3 at home. So Chicago has really been in every single home game lately, and it wouldn't shock me to see that again here. I'm going to take a shot with the draw in this game. You know, it is the Thailanders after all, uh, even though, you know, their, their overtime streak has cooled a little bit. I can't ignore this price. And Chicago has played, like I said, very, very feisty hockey at home. They've rarely been out of a game at United Center lately, even with all the injuries. So I'm going to take a shot with plus 390. Okay, that is a great price. Plus 390 at FanDuel for Thailanders to get back to their draw ways tonight. Uh, Islanders, Blackhawks draw. And God help me, I'm doing it. I'm not leaning it. I'm betting it. This is an official play for me. God help me. You know how I mush these damn things over and over again when I bet them. But I'm doing it tonight, and I'm doing it in this game. I'm betting, not leaning. I'm betting an under in this game. Under six with the Islanders and the Blackhawks, minus 125. I have to. I could not believe this total was six. When I saw it, I had to do a double take like the Islanders have not been lighting it up on this road trip. We know Chicago can't put a puck in the ocean right now. How the hell was this total six between these two teams? But as Jarek Rubel says, when Ian hits an under, you know what's going to happen Four four <laughs> incoming. Exactly. I've got that God, that fear again, that that's what's going to happen, because when I really like an under, it never uh, has uh, a chance, it seems. Uh but man, I have to bet this. It's six with these two teams and with Chicago's offense right now. Uh, yeah, under six for me. Um, uh, pray to the heavens that finally I'll cash an under. The rare unders that I do bet. What do you think here, Alex? Islanders, Blackhawks. Yeah, this is going to be a, a pretty, I think, should be a mildly boring game to watch. Just like it was last night with uh, Blackhawks and the Sabres. They come back home. Peter Morazic gets the start, thankfully. Uh, and it's the Islanders, like you said, they're just the kind of team that you know can skate in, dictate the pace, which means they don't really do too much, just get the goals they need, get out of there. It's kind of a you know workmanlike kind of effort. I expect this game to be low and slow throughout. So there's a couple things that I like here. I like the draw plus 390 at FanDuel, but I'm taking uh, some correct score shots. I have one one tie after 60 at uh 20 to one, and a two two tie after 60 at 12 to one. And maybe I'll just sprinkle in for fun since everybody's talking about you, Ian, with the under. Now it might be 4-4. Four, 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 four. I'll take a shot with that at uh, plus 32-1. Laugh it up, chat. Laugh it up that every time I bet an under, it goes over. And my lifetime track record with unders and across all sports, including NHL, is like a 10% win percentage. I know it's been brutal. And I don't like betting unders anyway. And then when I do bet them, it, it seems like that's a 5-4 game waiting to happen. Uh, but, man, if this goes – salute to these teams if they play a 5-4 game. I can't see it. I uh, don't yeah, see yeah. it happening. I'd be no. stunned by that right now. Uh, but I am bad at unders. There's no denying that. I hate betting them. And then when I do bet them, I'm terrible at them. So that's why I don't bet many. Uh, for those of you that have always wondered, why do you all over, over, over so much, Ian? That's why. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Islanders, Blackhawks. Oh, Ian, I love the under, but now I don't know. <laughs> jump on this rhetoric, too, that when I jump on an under, it's going over. 
<laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm uh, I'm under the influence of the under for this one. So I'm go I'm going to roll with you, Ian. Give me the under on this. All right, under six here with the uh, Islanders and uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, Say what you want about jinxes or curses. The Hawks have nobody who can fucking score a goal right now. Like that's yeah. Who's scoring a goal for the Blackhawks? That's yeah. the, that's the question of the night. Don't even, don't tell me who wins. Don't even tell well, me. Blackwell stepped who's, up for a bit, but he's gone in the tank again. Cold. Yeah. Who's yeah. scoring a goal for the Hawks tonight? They're so decimated, and and I think you know they're one of those teams. You don't trust Rem Pitlick on that top well, line. The no. Bedard went down, guys. They just—it's like, uh, yeah. they're just trying to get through, get that lottery pick. They're already playing for exercise. Yeah, yeah, they already are. Yeah, exactly. playing for Celebrini, uh, most likely. <laughs> uh, Macklin Celebrini, who I believe is still slotted to be the number one overall pick, most likely uh, next year. I don't think anyone's bumping him out of that spot, but uh, that uh, definitely—that uh, would be good. We'll see how it uh, plays out. But again, for better or worse, Ian's betting an under here with the uh, Islanders and uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. All right, great stuff. That's the Friday card. Shout out to everyone in the chat. 233 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. Make sure you sign up. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Just $10 per month. Again, we've got our daily sides, totals, and player props posted there. Uh, uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more bonus content. We've got bonus videos and shows on the way following football season. And then we've got our first Patreon exclusive Ice Guys Live Betcast for the two year 2024 coming up later this month. We know the date. You guys don't yet that are Patreon members, but the day of the Betcast, the morning of that Betcast, I'll pop the link in the YouTube uh, the YouTube link on the page, the Patreon page, and that will be the alert that, hey, we got a bet cast that night, and we're looking forward to it. And it will happen before the end of January. So, again, uh, patreon.com slash guys, just $10 per month. Uh, get all of our content there, including our daily card, and a remi reminder as well that the $10 per month help keep this show going long-term. Patreon.com slash guys, just $10 per month. And also check out the merch and the gear at the store the Ice Guys store at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, definitely make sure you have the website bookmarked, uh, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. When we drop that special podcast, somewhere around that time, we'll also be dropping a coupon for 20% off at the store. So uh, it's be a good time to browse around, see what you like, put it in the cart, and then wait for that coupon to drop, and then uh, make that order right now at the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, make sure you get your gear and your merch there. All right, we will wrap the show up with Bargain Bin Special of the Night and Best Bets in just a moment right after we hear from Boston Hemp Inc. Boston Hemp Inc. are great sponsors here of the Friday Beantown Friday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Uh, make sure you check them out, Boston Hemp Inc. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. 
uh, for this uh, Friday edition of the show. Uh, Alex, four-game slate, but did you find anything in the bargain bin that you liked? Yes, I did. Uh, heading out in Raleigh, we got Detroit and Carolina playing. I'm looking at Stefan Nason. You mentioned him. Uh, he's a guy, you know, just finds a way to get those gritty kind of clutch goals at, at uh, you know spot times. At plus 380, it's the highest price I'm seeing at Ben MGM. I'm taking a shot with him. Uh, anytime goal scorer, Stefan Nason for Carolina Hurricanes. All right, Stefan Nason plus 380. I like it. Carolina for bargain bin special of the night for Alex B. Smith. Jimmy, I have a feeling your bargain bin special is the one you mentioned earlier from that same game, right? A little Mr. Martinuk? Yep, you are correct, my friend. Give me Jordan Martinuk uh, as the bargain bin special for me. Gosh, that's a really good price. Plus 440. He scored in three straight games uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So, yeah, plus 440. Uh, Jordan Martinuk for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes for a bargain bin special uh, of the night. You know, Matty Robinson's talking about Stefan Nason. He's mentioned something to me that every time Matt Robinson's been on the show, as a guest, and by the way, he'll be back on Sunday uh, with us at noon Eastern. Uh, he, he he scored on on a day when Matt Robinson's been on the show and Carolina's played. Stephen Nason has scored a goal. Is Stephen Nason aware of this? I don't know if he does, if he's aware of it or not. I was but, aware. He might he might pay you guys to have Matt on every time. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, he's going to say. Hey, I need a little, that good uh, luck charm. Yeah, going there. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> He need, yeah needs Matt on the show and he's going to score that night. Yeah, maybe that's just uh, what he, what he needs there as far as uh, getting the job done. No doubt. Way, uh, for me, go, I just want to say, guys. By the way, I saw my friend uh, Rachel Dory gave you guys a little shout out for your bargain bin basement uh, calls. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Well, she's supposed to be on the show with us at some point. She wants to be oh, a guest. Good. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's got, yeah, she's, she's got NHL experience. Great. She was with the Canucks organization just uh, recently. Yeah. So she's with the uh, Devils yeah. as well. So yep. she's uh, she's really cool. Good person. Knows her stuff. Yep, no doubt. So she will be on Rachel Dory. Exactly. We're just trying to line up a date uh, that works. Uh, fortunately, she's, you know, I, I we always tell her we go an hour or two sometimes with the bigger cards. It's just like, oh, my goodness, that's a lot. <laughs> but we're trying to get something set up with that, with Rachel joining us. Yeah, on the uh, show in the uh, near future, no doubt. And then as far as my bargain bin special of the night for uh, this uh, slate, you know, a lot of good options here. Again, no, no, no question about that. Uh, when you look at the uh, card here, but uh, I am going to roll with, I think for my, a bargain bin special because he scored two goals the other night, because I think Columbus is going to give um, New Jersey a little bit of a battle tonight. I'm going to go with Dmitry Voronkov for the uh, blue jackets plus three ninety for Dmitry Voronkov for my uh, bargain bin special of the night. Dmitry Voronkov for CBJ plus three ninety. All right. Best bets for this Friday slate. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like for best bet? Oh, okay. I gotta see my computer froze for a minute. So bring up what I got here. Let's see. All right. Yeah, this is not the greatest slate in the world, but I'm gonna go with that first period over in Detroit, Carolina. Play a dollar thirty-five with that. I definitely do think we see some goals uh, early in that contest. So Detroit, Carolina, first period over one and a half minus one thirty-five. That's a big of a best bet like last night, <laughs> but uh, the best bet for Friday nonetheless. All right, good stuff. There you go. Detroit, Carolina, first period over uh, for Alex B. Smith with his best bet for this Friday slate. Jimmy, what do you like for best bet? I'm going to go with that uh, draw, guys, in the uh, Florida-Minnesota. All right, Minnesota-Florida draw uh, to go to OT. And Florida, by the way, three of the last four games for the Panthers have gone past regulation. So we'll see if that continues tonight. Minnesota-Florida draw for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet. 
My best bet for this uh, Friday uh, slate, ah, this is a decent card. I feel best about, um, I probably feel the best about Florida team total over three and a half minus 106. That's what I'm going to go with. I think the Panthers need this victory and I think they've got a great chance to get it, uh, get a win to wrap up this homestand before they take to the road and they face a Minnesota team that's on a back-to-back on the road uh, and now just one win, I believe, in their last six games. So I think it's a good situation for Florida. And rather than the big money line price or anything with that, the team total sitting out there at a very nice minus 106. So Florida Panthers, Florida Panthers, team total over three and a half minus 106 uh, for best bet. And don't think I didn't hear Paul Bissonette trying to do that Panther impression the other night on TNT. I heard him making the sound effect. He can't do it as well as me. Uh, Not even close. He can't. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because I heard it. I'm like, that's not as good a Panther sound as me. Sorry. And I love Biz. Biz great, great on television, but he's not as good good with the Panther sound effect as yours truly. I'll tell you that right now. We can have a, (laughs) we can have a a Panther uh, sound uh, contest and I'd, I'd crush him in it as far as I'm concerned to crush him uh, with that uh, great stuff. We appreciate it very much, Jimmy, before we uh, l- wrap it up, I'll let you plug uh, the eye test, which is coming up again in half an hour. Yep. Yep. Going to go get ready for that. We've got uh, Mike Cavanaugh, head coach of UConn hockey coming on today. I've uh, been in the college hockey world for a while. Really good guy to talk to. So uh, if you're a college hockey fan, check that out. Yeah. And that's nice. been the theme with the eye test lately. Fridays, they really devote yep. a lot of on the Fridays. Yeah, yeah, that's what we call it on Friday. So, uh, yep. yeah, we've been having nonstop coaches on on Friday. So he will be the coach today. And, you know, as many of you probably know, UConn is is notoriously a basketball school. But he's right. he started to put them on the map as a college hockey school as well. So um, definitely something to check out. And if you're ever in that area, in the Stores, Connecticut area, go check out a game. they got a beautiful arena. Yeah, no doubt it is. Uh, I've seen actually pictures of it. Yeah, very nice, no doubt. And there's some very underrated in terms of the way they look, those college hockey yeah. arenas, no doubt. Oh, my God, there's some beautiful ones all over the country, yeah. Yeah, I think I, now it's going to kill me. I should know. Wait a minute. The they've bean got pot's a, right around the corner. I think it's next week or something, isn't it? Isn't it coming right up? The bean, bean pot, pot is coming up, yep. It's uh, the first Monday of February, so that would be okay. February 4th. And then the yeah. final is on the 11th. Um, but the player to watch on UConn, two guys, and you might have seen him, uh, he, I believe he was on Canada at the World Juniors, is Matt Matt Wood. He was the 15th overall pick by the Predators uh, last year at the draft. So oh, okay. uh, he's there to keep an eye on. No doubt. Right. Yeah, there's a, uh, college hockey's getting better and better, man. It's worth watching. Yeah, it is. No yeah. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be dominant, I think, in the next decade plus. No mm-hmm. question uh, with what we're seeing. Great stuff. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you Saturday. Zach Urban Saturday, Matt Robinson Sunday. Joining us as guests this weekend right here on the Ice Guys. (laughs) 